0: And uh, I'm, I'm thankful that you're here. I'm looking forward to starting a new series tonight. Anybody ready for that new series? We're going to talk about this, this land between. Everybody look to your neighbor and say the land between. And uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 40 tonight. You can go ahead and find a seat. Genesis chapter 40. If you have a Bible, that's where we're going to be. Genesis chapter 40. And this new series, The Land Between. And you might be thinking, well, what is the land between? The land between is where the normal is interrupted and the future is uncertain. Where the normal is interrupted and where the future is in is uncertain. How many of you would say, uh, I've been in the land between before? Anybody like that? How many of you are like, I'm in the land between right now? I think all of us. Uh, to some extent or another, are in this land between this this space of uncertainty, and especially with 2020, it seems like 2020 has ushered us into this space, into this land uh, between the promise and the payoff. And we're going to talk in this series about how we can navigate uh, this season. And tonight, I want to speak to this subject: waiting game. Everybody, say "waiting game." Genesis chapter 40. And uh, let's start reading in verse number one. If you have a Bible or a phone or an iPad that you can follow along with, would you say amen? amen. If you don't have a Bible or a phone or an iPad, I want to encourage you to look uh, to someone next to you uh, so that you can uh, follow along with us tonight. But the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 40, verse number one. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, and against the chief of the butlers, and against the chief bakers. And he put them in a ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream, in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison." And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and said, Behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house, saying, Wherefore, look ye so sadly today. And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. Let's pause right there tonight, and uh, we'll keep our Bibles open. We'll study uh, many of these verses tonight, but we'll pause uh, right there for sake of time, and uh, let's have a word of prayer together. Father, thank you so much for Uh, This night that you've given us, God, I pray that in the next few minutes we will be able to focus on your word. God, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, give me the words to say that would be helpful and beneficial for us. God, I pray that we can learn some principles to uh, navigate this awkward space between where uh, we are living in uncertainty. God, I pray that we can have some biblical principles uh, that we can thrive in this season. And uh, I pray that you would uh, be with us tonight and uh, guide and direct our thoughts. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said... I am a fan of Raising Cane's. Anybody with me, anybody a fan of Raising Cane's? I like Raising Cane's chicken. I think I'm at the point where I believe that Raising Cane's chicken is just a little bit better than Chick-fil-A. Anybody else with me tonight? Now, I know that I'm not alone, and here's why. Have you ever seen the drive-through at the Raising Cane's in Fontana? because it is unbelievable. It wraps around that Sprouts, and uh, it is the longest drive through line uh, that I think I've ever seen. And every time I drive by there, I'm always amazed and astounded, like, why are people willing to wait uh, in this incredibly long line? Uh, my brother was uh, visiting the other day, and he said that he wanted to get some Raising Cane's, and he didn't know any better about that long drive through And so he went and got in the drive through and he waited one hour to get his uh, chicken. And uh, this is surprising to us, because we live in a culture of impatience, right? Patience is a lost art. We live in a culture of instant gratification. If we want something, we can just get it right now, and we don't want to wait uh, for anything in this season. And uh, I was reading, uh, 7-Eleven in the 1940s, they were the first store that actually changed their hours, and and, uh, they opened up at 7 a.m., and they closed at 11 p.m., and they were the first store uh, to do uh, such a thing, to have such long hours, and it was for convenience, and they kind of made headlines for doing that. And then in the 1960s, 7-Eleven actually was one of the first stores to stay open 24 hours, and essentially, uh, they ushered in this idea that, hey, if you want something, you don't have to wait to get it, you can just get it right now, Uh, a culture of convenience and something Uh, very fast you can go and get it right now and now in our culture we know we've never looked back right we I don't even look at Amazon Prime if it doesn't deliver next day right like if it doesn't deliver next day it's not worth it and uh, we live in a culture of impatience and and uh, instant gratification which is difficult when we come into a season of difficulty because we want that season of difficulty to be over very quickly (laughs) When we go through a hardship and we go through a difficult time, we want that to be over as fast as possible. And I just want to encourage you tonight that this series is not going to be about how we can find the quickest uh, exit ramp or the quickest off-ramp out of the land between. That's not what this series is about. This series is about how we can faithfully endure and be patient in the midst of that land between, in the midst of a difficulty, in the midst of a trial, how we can endure faithfully and see what God wants us uh, to see. Uh, most of you guys remember... Most of you all remember uh, on Saturday, March 14th, uh, it, was, it was right before uh, we were supposed to have church the next day, I got a phone call from the city saying uh, we're shutting down all of our buildings because of the coronavirus, and everything was kind of new at that point, point. and I remember uh, talking with Katie and thinking, you know, we might not be able to meet for maybe like one, two weeks, something like that, and uh, here we are months later, and we are still in the land between. We're navigating this season of uncertainty, but I love what the Bible says in Romans 5. If you're still with me, would you say amen? Romans 5 says this in verse number 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. We glory in difficulty. We glory in tribulations. Also knowing that the tribulation worketh patience, and patience, experience, and experience hope. And so Paul said, hey, we can actually glory in our difficulty. We can actually glory in a season of tribulation because that tribulation will ultimately work in us some endurance and some patience to uh, navigate this season. In fact, uh, Psalm 119, verse number 71 says this, It is good for me. Everybody say, good for me. It's good for you. It's good for me that I have been afflicted. Interesting statement, is it not? It's good for me. You want to know what's good for you in life? When you're going through a hard time. You want to know what's good for you when you're afflicted, when you're going through a difficult season? It's good for me that I've been afflicted. Why? That I might learn thy statute. See, affliction is simply an opportunity to get closer to God. Affliction is simply an opportunity to step out by faith and to trust God. See, if everything made sense and we never had affliction, we wouldn't need a reason to put our faith and trust in God. But when we come into a difficulty, when we come into the land between in a season of affliction, it's a great opportunity to trust our God. I read a quote this week by A.W. Tozer, and it was a really convicting and challenging quote, and uh, convicted me. He said this, "Uh, what then are we to do about our problems? We must learn to live with them until such time as God delivers us from them. We must pray for grace to endure them without murmuring. Problems patiently endured will work for our spiritual perfecting. But watch this, they harm us only when we resist them or endure them unwillingly. And so he's talking about difficult seasons. He's talking about problems. And he says, hey, uh, we need to be willing to uh, endure them uh, willfully. And I thought about that. And I thought, you know, as a pastor, I want to make sure that I'm enduring the season faithfully. And I want to make sure that I'm giving my best to God and staying faithful to what God has called me to do. But I thought about it. Am I willing to endure? Am, am I willing to endure? Am I enduring willfully? Uh, do, do we say, you know what, God, I, I, I'm embracing this season. And this is uh, this is something that I want to do for your glory. Am I willing to wait on God's timing? Am I willing to wait for God to open uh, new doors? And I believe that it's when we are willing to endure. It's excuse me, it's when we are willing to endure a season uh, faithfully that God will open our eyes to how he was working in that season. And so tonight we come to jo- Genesis chapter number 40, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the life of Joseph. And uh, Joseph is a type of Christ. Joseph, uh, in many ways, foreshadows and and uh, is a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the greater Joseph. And uh, we see Joseph. Joseph is a very interesting character in Scripture. He's one of the few characters in Scripture about uh, whom nothing, is, nothing negative is. Said. And so Joseph is this, is this prime example here. And uh, he ultimately points ahead to Jesus, but uh, we're jumping right in the middle of Joseph's story. And if you know anything about Joseph's story, it starts out really great. Uh, Joseph, at 17 years old, he gets this dream from God, and and uh, and uh, it's this amazing uh, prediction of his future. He's going to have power, he's going to have prominence, he's going to have position. It's a great dream. Things are going well, and then if you come to the end of Joseph's life, things are great as well. He he gets that power, that position, that prominence. But if you know anything about the story of Joseph, there was that land between. Right. Uh, There was that space between between the promise and and the fruition of that promise, between the promise and the payoff. And Joseph had to go through a lot before he experienced uh, the fruition of the promise that God had given him. And we come to Genesis chapter 40 and Joseph is right in the middle of that season. We find him right in the middle uh, of the land between. In fact, Genesis 39 verse number 20 says this kind of to give us a little bit of context of where we're at. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. By the way, uh, you know that you have character when you're in prison, but you're kind of put in charge of the prison, right? And uh, so Joseph, he had, he had a great character. He had a great wisdom, great maturity. He's put in prison, and uh, now he's just stuck waiting. What is God going to do in this season? And uh, this is Joseph. He's waiting. He's wandering in the land between. I believe it's in this text tonight that I want to give us five biblical actions that we can take when we find ourselves in the land between. Would that be all right tonight? Five biblical actions that we can take, that we can do when we find ourselves in the land between. Uh, First of all, tonight, number one, we have to be faithful in our assignment, Be faithful in your assignment. Now, I want to encourage you to keep your Bibles open. We're going to kind of walk through this text together, and uh, uh, we're going to see uh, what God has for us in these verses. Verse number one. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against his two officers and against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in a ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And so you have these two high-up official, uh, officials uh, working for uh, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and, uh they made him very upset, so Pharaoh throws them into prison. And uh, he throws them in the same prison that Joseph uh, is currently in. In verse number four, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. So, so he made Joseph in charge of these two uh, leaders, the, the, the butler and the baker. Joseph is now in charge of them, and he served them, and they continue to season in the ward. And so now uh, Joseph is serving them. He's taking care of them. He's in the middle of prison, but I want you to see this. He's given a new assignment. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Joseph, it would be hard for me to get motivated for that new assignment. I've already been thrown into a pit. I've already been sold into slavery. I've already been lied about. I've already been falsely accused. I've already had a lot go against me. Now I'm in prison and now I have to have this new job where I'm taking care of these people in prison. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'd be, I'd be hard to find some motivation to do a good job in that moment. Like, like I don't really care about these guys and now I have to do this, this mundane assignment and now uh, they just keep on adding more things to my plate. I just kind of want to have a day off and now I've got to serve these two guys. And, and uh, Joseph could have had a bad attitude about this. He could have uh, been bitter about this, but what is is happening is God is opening a door to his uh, divine sovereignty, and now Joseph is actually introduced to the very person that would lead to his freedom. And so what we see is this was just another assignment for Joseph. It was just another mundane thing that Joseph had to do, but it actually led in God's providence to his freedom. Can I just encourage you tonight to be faithful in the assignment that God has given you and to never uh, underestimate the significance of the mundane things that God has called you to do? Hey, uh, it's not just another Monday. It's not just another day to fold laundry. It's not just another day to send emails and to push papers. Hey, those are opportunities to give glory to God. And you never know how those opportunities can ultimately lead to your freedom and to your blessing and to your benefit. And so we have to be faithful in the small assignments that God has given us. Imagine if Joseph said, I'm not taking care of them. Have somebody else take care of them. He would have never experienced all that God had for him. See, He was eventually the butler that would open the door for Joseph to escape prison and to leave prison. And so we see that God in his sovereignty, he is working behind the scenes. I love what Proverbs 16 verse number 3 says. It says commit. Everybody say commit commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Hey, stay committed. Commit your works to the Lord. Hey, whatever God has called you to do, do it with all your might. Can I just encourage the 4 p.m. tonight? Hey, keep on showing up. Keep on tuning in. Keep on being faithful to whatever God has called you to do, because your faithfulness will lead to God's blessing in your life. We've got to stay committed. We've got to stay faithful to the assignment that God has given us. So what do we do in the land between when we're in this space of uncertainty and we're in this space where where fear is cultivated and fear is uh, infiltrating our hearts? Well, we have to stay faithful to what God has called us to do. We've got to stay faithful. Here's the second thought. Number two, I want to encourage you to listen to someone else's dream. Listen to someone else's dream. See, a lot of times when we're in a difficult season, it's all about me. It's all about what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing. And I want you to see what happens in this text in verse number five. It says, And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man a dream. Uh, his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And Joseph came in unto them uh, in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And so Joseph pays attention uh, to their countenance. He he pays attention. Hey, they look a little sad today. And and again, Joseph could have just been worried about his own situation. He could have just been thinking, man, this is not fair for me. I've had years of of unfair treatment in my life. But he notices on this particular day uh, that the chief uh, butler and baker, they look sad. They're they're discouraged. And Joseph picks up picks up on that. And notice verse number seven. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house, saying, wherefore look ye so sadly today? He says, hey, what's wrong? What's going on? And he shows interest in them. What we see is an example of empathy. He's saying, hey, I care about what's going on in your life, and I care about uh, what makes you sad and what makes you happy. And hey, you seem discouraged. How can I help? And uh, he was showing empathy uh, in uh, their lives. Romans chapter 12 verse 15 says this. That we are to rejoice with them that do rejoice, but we are to weep with them that weep. See, empathy is the ability to take our eyes off self and onto those of others. Uh, Jesus, in John chapter 11, verse number 33, it says this. When Jesus, this is the story of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. They're they're sad because Lazarus had just died. And uh, Jesus says this, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, verse number 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. And see, we know that verse. That was my favorite verse to memorize growing up, right? John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. Got it down uh, every year at team camp. That was my first verse that I would memorize. And we know that verse, Jesus wept. But what led to his weeping? The fact that others were weeping. The fact that other people were burdened. And when Jesus saw them weeping, he groaned in the spirit. Jesus had a burden and he had empathy towards others. And tonight, I just want to encourage you. There are so many people in our church even that are going through an extremely difficult time. And they are hurting. And we need to mourn with those that mourn. And we need to reach out to those and say, how can I pray for you? And how can I encourage you? How can I be there for you? See, the world is bigger than just what's going on in my circle. There are other people that need to know about the love of Jesus in their lives. Joseph says, what's wrong? And he wants to encourage them. And he he shows empathy, but he also shows encouragement. Notice verse number 8. And he said unto him, we have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. And so Joseph says, hey, tell me your dream. Tell me your dream. And this is where we start to see some real maturity take place in Joseph's life. Because when you're younger, when Joseph was younger, and when we're young, we want to tell everyone else about our dreams. We want to tell people about our plans, our goals, our aspirations, our dreams, what we're going to do. But when you come to a place of spirit, spiritual maturity, it's less about our dreams and it's more about how can I help you accomplish your dreams? How can I help you accomplish what God is doing in your life? How can I encourage you? How can I listen to you? And so here we see Joseph is taking the attention off self and on other people. How can I encourage you? And I just want to encourage you tonight, let's be a church that is interested in the needs of other people. Let's be a Philippians chapter 2 church that it's not just the things that are going on in our lives, but the things that are going on in other people's lives. we got to be a church that's interested in what's going on in each other's lives and seek to encourage one another. I was reading a fascinating story this week. In 2008, there were terrorist attacks all scattered throughout uh, Mumbai, India. And uh, uh, this was back in 2008. 160 people were killed throughout these attacks. And one of the targeted locations for these attacks was the Taj Mahal Palace Hotel. And uh, this is a big, grand, beautiful hotel. I believe we have a picture tonight. And this group of terrorists uh, showed up. They cut the electricity to the building. Uh, They infiltrated the building. And uh, many uh, hundreds of guests were in the hotel. And they started to fire automatic weapons in this terrorist attack. But what's extraordinary about this story and what's extraordinary about what took place at this hotel is that the hotel staff, they they, they rose uh, to this occasion in heroic fashion. And instead of just uh, uh, trying to hide and cover, the hotel staff actually risked their lives to stay, save the guests that were there that day. There are stories that came out uh, from that hotel where the kitchen, staff, the kitchen staff literally made a human shield as the guests crawled behind them as they were being shot at with bullets. And there was 31 people that died that day. More than half of them were the staff of the hotel. And what's interesting is, before this, this particular hotel, they prided themselves in really being concerned in the guests. And really wanting uh, to take care of the, of the guests. And they took it uh, to this point, and they proved how much they were willing to do. They're willing, in some cases, to sacrifice their lives for the guests. Hey, I'm here to tell you tonight that if they can do that for the Taj Mahal Hotel, how much more should the church, should the body of Christ be interested in other people in this room and say, hey, I love you. I care about you. I'm interested in your life. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I sacrifice my own agenda to help you? Here's Joseph. If anyone in the world could have been bitter, if anyone in the world could have been complaining about their situation, Joseph had every right. But instead he said, how can I help you? Tell me your dream. I want, to, I want to hear about what's going on in your life. Joseph didn't say, hey, before you tell, you, uh, before you tell me your dream, let me tell you about my dream. I, I had some pretty great dreams back in my day when I was a teenager and God was going to do some pretty great. No, he says, I want to hear about what's going on in your life. I want to encourage you tonight. Listen to someone else's dream. Here's a third thought. Number three, when we're stuck in the land between, I want to encourage you, point others in the right direction. Point others in the right direction. And I saw a video this week uh, of a man who was filming a video for TikTok, and he wanted to get a lot of views, or he wanted to get uh, some laughs, and so he decided that he was going to go to the Bass Pro Shop. How many of you have ever been to Bass Pro Shop in Victoria Gardens? It's a wonderful place, right? And uh, he decided that he was going to jump into the fish tank at Bass Pro Shop, and uh, I, have a, I have a video for us this morning. I think, uh, I'm about to do something crazy. Just make this go viral, all right? A man went off the deep end to fulfill a promise to his followers when he jumped into a live fish tank at a bass pro shop. Kevin Wise would soon learn how unwise his decision was. How That was it. He decided, you know what, I need to get some more views. I'm going to jump into the fish tank at Bass Pro Shop. Why did he do that? Because others were egging him on. Others were encouraging him to do that. Others were pointing him in that direction. You know, a lot of times when we're going through a difficult season, we we tend to point others in the wrong direction. We we, we tend to point other people and and influence them in a wrong way. And here what we're going to see is Joseph was pointing people in the right direction. I want you to see how. uh, Notice verse number 8. If you're still with me, would you say amen? Joseph says this, and they said unto him, we have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God, Elohim. Do not interpretations belong to God to God. You know what Joseph said? Oh, you have a dream. You want someone to interpret it? Hey, I know that interpretations they belong to the one and only God. They belong to Elohim. See, he pointed them back to God. He didn't say, oh, you need some advice. You need some counsel. You need some uh, some good words. Here, come to me. I can interpret your dream. I can... See, a lot of times people come to us and they say, hey, I need to get some advice. And we feel real good about that. It's like, alright. And then we kind of take on like a Dr. Phil role. We're like, tell me your problems. You know, like, let me hear. And you know the best thing that you can do for someone that needs advice the best thing that you can do is to point him back to scripture to point him back to God and say hey I I might not have all the answers but I know who does his name is Jesus Christ and these are his words and his words are perfect they are infallible they are inspired and hey uh, this is the direction that we have for life this is God's word hey and this is what we need in this culture because everyone everywhere is looking for answers Go on social media, go on the internet, read a newspaper. People are searching, they're longing for answers, they're longing for hope, and they're looking for some sort of direction. And we as the church ought to point those people in the right direction and not say, hey, uh, the hope is found in me. But we ought to say, I know where the hope is. We gotta say, I know where the comfort is. Uh, Our hope is not in some new philosophy. Our hope is not in some pill. Our hope is not in some political affiliation. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our comfort is in Jesus Christ. And so we gotta (laughs) point people in the right direction. Joseph said, Hey, you need my help. You need some interpretations of those dreams. Do not interpretations belong to God? I know who can help you, it's God. (laughs) Hey, I know the answer to your struggle tonight Jesus Christ. And so Joseph is learning to, to point others in the right direction. See, that's what Charles Spurgeon said. Charles Spurgeon said it really simply. He said, my goal in life is simply to be a signpost that points others to Jesus. He said, that's what I want to do in life. My goal in life is simply to be a signpost that points other people to Jesus. And when we're going through the land between, and we're navigating this season of uncertainty, and we're going through 2020, and all that 2020 has to offer, we need to be pointing people to Jesus and pointing people to the source of our hope in the Word of God. This leads us to our fourth thought. If you're still with me, would you say amen? amen? Number four, we have to remember that we have a responsibility to the truth. Remember your responsibility to the truth. When you're going through the land between, when you're navigating a season of uncertainty, remember your responsibility to the truth. Now, notice verse number 9. And uh, we're going to kind of read through several verses here, so I want to encourage you to have a Bible so you can follow along. It says this in verse number 9. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded. And her blossoms shot forth. And the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into the Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, verse 12, This is the interpretation of the dream. Here's what it means. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head... And restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. And so the butler says, "Hey, I had a dream about these 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 vines and the the, the three branches." And Joseph said, "Okay, good news. Here's the interpretation of it: Uh, the the vine and the three branches represent three days, and in three days you're going to be restored back to your position." This was great news. He was the uh, the butler was the cupbearer, kind of like if you remember Nehemiah, and uh, that was his position. The cupbearer had a pretty cool job. He was basically just to uh, taste the, the, the food and the drinks which the king uh, would uh, consume. And he would kind of taste the wine and, and make sure that there was nothing wrong with it. And uh, then he would give it to the king. It was a pretty cool job, except for at any moment you could die if you drank poison in the, in the wine, right? Uh, but this was the butler's job. And Joseph said, hey, good news. You're going to be uh, set free in three days. How many of you would be uh, excited about that interpretation? And he was, he was excited about that. Okay, great. Now, uh, as the butler hears that, the baker is listening. And the baker is thinking, okay, I want to know uh, kind of what uh, kind of what's going on. But first, notice verse number fourteen. But he says, "But think on me." Joseph says, "Think on me." Everybody say, "Think on me." Yeah. Joseph makes a very reasonable request. Now, now sometimes Joseph, uh, like I said earlier, uh, nothing negative is said about Joseph in scripture, so almost kind of hard to relate to sometimes because he doesn't make any mistakes. He's like, man, I don't know if I could uh, be just like that. But here Joseph makes a reasonable request that, 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 that's very relatable to us. He says, think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into uh, the dungeon. So this is what Joseph says to the butler. He says, hey, will you please remember me when you get out? Are you guys tracking with me tonight? He says, I just want to make a simple request, a reasonable request. When you get out of prison, uh, will you please tell uh, Pharaoh my story, and maybe I'll be able to get out, okay? Now, uh, meanwhile, the baker is listening, all right? Notice verse 16. And when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good... He said unto Joseph, I was also in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there was of all manner of bakements for Pharaoh, and the birds that eat of them out of the basket upon my head. So he says, Joseph, that's my dream. Tell me what's going to happen to me. And Joseph said, verse 18, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off of thee, not so good, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. So not so good for the baker. Are you tracking with me tonight? So uh, not so good for the baker. But here, here's what I want you to see. Here, Joseph, he's communicating. He's interpreting the dream for the butler. It turned out to be great news. And then the baker hears that. He hears and he sees, oh, that's good news. I want to hear some good news too. And so he only wanted to hear the interpretation because he only wanted to hear, watch this, he only wanted to hear the good news. And many people like that in our culture today are the exact same way. They only want to tune in to listen to preaching. They only want to tune in uh, to listen to church if they're going to hear some good news. They only, hey, hey, make me feel good, uh, make me feel good about my situation, uh, tell me something good, but they're not faithful to the entirety of Scripture, and they don't want to know the truth. And so here what we see, Joseph, he was faithful uh, to uh, tell the truth and to communicate the truth, and what we learn then as followers of Jesus is we have a responsibility to hear the truth and to speak the truth. And so here, uh, the baker uh, he didn't want to hear. Uh, he didn't want to hear uh, uh, any bad news. He just wanted to hear because it, it was going to be good. Second Timothy four three says this: For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And see, Paul was writing to a young pastor named Timothy, and he says, hey, there's going to come a time when people just want to hear what's going to make their ears feel good. And they just want to hear what's going to be comforting, but they're not going to be faithful to the entirety of Scripture and the whole counsel of God. And I just want to encourage you tonight that we have a responsibility to the truth. The same Bible that talks about the wonderful realities of heaven is the same Bible that talks about the terrible place called hell. The same Bible that talks about the love of Jesus is the same Bible that talks about sin and judgment and the holiness of God. We have a responsibility not just to listen in when it feels good, but to listen to what is truth. And the culture today does not want to know the truth of God's word. The culture today wants to drift from the truth. Only tell me, just like the baker, only tell me the good news. See, the culture doesn't want to hear the truth from God's word that the biblical definition of marriage is one man, one woman for life. The culture doesn't want to hear that, that life begins at con- conception and abortion is murder. That's uncomfortable. Let's not talk about that. But that's the truth. And tonight we have a responsibility to speak the truth. We have a responsibility to hear the truth. Hey, we don't have the luxury of the baker to just say, hey, hey just tell me what feels good with itching ears. Tonight I just want to encourage you when we're navigating this land between don't compromise on the truth. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. And so we have a responsibility to remain faithful to the truth of God's word. Now notice verse number uh, verse number 20. All right, if you're still with me, would you say, amen? amen? And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday. Everybody say, "Happy birthday? That he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And so he calls them out of prison. Hey, hey, come to my birthday celebration. It's going to be a party. Verse number 21. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, just like Joseph said. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. So just like Joseph said, the butler's back in business. See, They're having a birthday party. He's back in action. Verse number 22. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Man, Pharaoh must have been having a bad day to do that on his birthday. Especially, the baker probably just baked the cake, and now he's getting hung. But then we know it's verse number 23. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but he forgot him. And this leads us to our last and final thought tonight. I want to encourage you with this. Place your confidence in God, not in man. Place your confidence in God, not in man in man. What we see is the butler gets out of prison just like Joseph said would happen. The baker loses his life just like Joseph said would happen. And what was Joseph's one request? Hey, please remember me. Please help me. But what happened? The butler forgot all about him. And here's what I want you to see. It's interesting. We started verse number one of Genesis chapter 40, and Joseph is in the land between. And we end chapter 40 in verse number 22, and Joseph is still in the land between. I just want to encourage you tonight. Place your confidence in God and not in man. And here's why. men will always let us down. It seems like those people that you invest in the most and those people that you pour into the most are the ones that are going to let you down. The people that you thought would be there for you are going to be the people that are nowhere to be found. The people that you thought would have your back are going to be the people that so often let you down. And when we're navigating the space in this land between, so often we find ourselves in discouragement because people are letting us down. And I, I thought you'd be there for me. I thought you, I, I thought I could trust you. And I thought you were going to help me in this season. I th- hey, we were supposed to be in this thing together. But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever he will never leave you he will never forsake you and i want to encourage you tonight place your confidence in god and not in man see you know what's so interesting about genesis chapter 40 it ends with unanswered prayer joseph was praying he was pleading hey remember me so i can get out of prison and we end genesis chapter 40 and joseph is still in prison it ends with unanswered prayer he's still waiting He's still trying to figure out this land between what's going to happen. But see, the good news is, is that God didn't answer his prayer according to his timing. Can you imagine if the butler did, did remember Joseph? Can you imagine if he did remember Joseph and Joseph was able to be released and he was able to go back home to his father, go back home to his brothers, and then guess what happens a few years later? There's a deep famine. There's a dark famine. And so, yeah, Joseph was released, but then him and all of his family died because there was no food. But because his prayer was not answered, and because he had to spend a few more years in prison, then uh, he was remembered. Then Pharaoh called him out and said, hey, I had a dream. And see, while Joseph was waiting, Pharaoh was dreaming. While Joseph was waiting, God was working behind the scenes and Joseph didn't know anything about it. But then Joseph would come out of prison a few years later and Pharaoh would call him up and promote him to be second in charge. And then because of that position, he was able to call his family and save his family and save all the people. See, God knew what he was doing and God is always right on time. And hey, you might not see it, but I want to encourage you tonight. Place your confidence in God and not in man because he is sovereign. He is in control. He is the king of kings your confidence in God he is our confidence, he is our source of hope Proverbs 3.26 says this for the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken, see God is our confidence, he's our foundation, he's our footing so we don't have to trip up when we find ourselves in the land between the frustration that Joseph experienced in the short term eventually led to his freedom in the long run See, God knew what he was doing all along. The Bible says this in Psalm 20, verse number 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Will you stand with me tonight as I read this last verse? Some trust in chariots. Some trust in politicians. Some trust in self. Some trust in philosophy. Some trust in religion. Some trust in uh, might, some trust in their own strength, but we, everybody say we. As the church tonight, this ought to be the declaration. This ought to be the cry of our hearts, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Hey, the world can trust in all kinds of things, but tonight, let it be a declaration and a declaration of faith that you say, but I'm going to remember the Lord our God. I'm going to trust in His name and His name alone, even when I'm in this awkward space of the land between. Ian Baum said this, I think Christians so often fail to get answers to their prayers because they do not wait long enough on God. How often have we been guilty of that? They just drop down and say a few words and they jump up and forget it, forget and expect God to answer them. Such praying always reminds me of the small boy ringing his neighbor's doorbell and then running away as fast as he can go. What a convicting picture that is. Lord, can you help me in this situation that we just go away forgetting we ever even asked? encourage tonight to pray with some endurance, to pray with some faith, faith believing that God will bring it to pass. Isaiah chapter 40 verse number 31 says this, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not fame and what a great verse to declare over 2020 hey i'm gonna wait upon the lord those that wait upon the lord shall renew their strength and shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint let me encourage you tonight keep on going don't quit let's keep on being faithful hey god will give you the strength that you need he is faithful and so tonight when we're stuck waiting We trust that God is working and that waiting season is not wasted because God is opening up doors that we don't even know about. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight.